Chapter 8 of Life in a Thousand Worlds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leone Rose. Life in a Thousand Worlds by William Schuler Harris. Chapter 8. Tortu. After I had finished my interesting tour of Staza, I visited in quick succession a score or more of worlds that also revolve around Polaris at varying distances. I found the majority of these planets barren of all life, owing principally to their molten condition. Some unthinkable types of human existence are occupying the worlds that can be inhabited. I marveled aloud as I viewed a few more links of the endless chain of intelligent creation. On one of these worlds, which I have christened Tor Two, I found human beings that resemble us more than any others in the entire solar bounds of Polaris. Tor Two dashes along in its unceasing course at a distance of eight hundred millions of miles from Polaris. It is much larger than our world, and is accompanied by three moons and a set of rings which faintly suggested our picturesque Saturn. The poles of Tortu are inclined at an angle of thirty-three degrees to the plane of its orbit. This accounts for its temperature being quite similar to ours, although its year is eight times longer. When I first reached this world, I was impressed with its wealth of natural scenery. Flowers of charming texture and color grew abundantly over the wide expanses. The cultivated gardens contained specimens of unusual beauty, surpassing the finest products of our earth. When I examined the leaves of the many kinds of trees, I found none similar to the foliage of our planet except in one or two fruit-bearing trees. The sky, instead of appearing blue, wears a greenish tinge, and the birds are robed in a variety of colors that would put to naught our arching rainbows. In fine, it must be admitted that Tortu is a much more beautiful world than ours. I saw colors there that we could not produce because we have not the proper elements. This delightful world is densely populated. Its history is much older than ours. Sin is firmly rooted in the whole planet, and its curse is just as blighting and withering as it is in our world, although it is fought more successfully and overcome more effectually in the home and in the nation. I observed that the ecclesiastical system is similar to ours, and there is a great profusion of creeds. To my surprise I noted, in my long journey, that such a variety did not interfere with true progress, but was compatible with the purest kind of life and the highest order of civilization. The people are deeply devoted to their unseen God, and their sacrifices are astonishing. Their places of worship are the finest structures of the world. They believe it to be wrong to construct any building greater in beauty and value than the temples of God. Their music would sound quite weird to us, although it is sweet harmony to the people of Tortu.
The home life of Tortu is most beautiful. The moral life of the home and of the nations is the cleanest of any world in the whole system of Polaris. Naturally, I investigated to learn the secret of this happy condition. Then I found to my joy that the relation between parents and children is very noteworthy. The fine respect manifested by the latter for the former evoked the blush of shame as I thought of the prevailing conditions in my own world. You may think it absurd when I describe a certain system that was a stepping-stone to such splendid results. Were this peculiar system to be named, we should likely call it the human seal system. Each person born into the world of Tortu is officially sealed or tattooed on the forehead and on the arm. It is done by the township bookkeeper, whose duty it is to keep a correct record of all births, devoting a new ledger page to each infant. This seal is a lifelong mark, and must not be interfered with under any circumstances. In case the stamp is disturbed by accident, the person must report to the township bookkeeper, either in person or by proxy, and the stamp must be replaced on some conspicuous part of the head. There are eighteen governments of Tortu that united on this scheme. It is so arranged that no two persons of all these millions have identical marks. Each government has its seal of different designs from all the others. Circles, ellipses, and rectangles, with various modifications, compose the eighteen forms in use. The most powerful of the eighteen governments has for its seal the following design which I have filled out as completely as I could, using our own figures instead of their numerals which would, of course, be unintelligible to us. This is the actual size of the design as it appears on the forehead. Thirteen represents the number of the state. Twenty-one represents the number of the county. Ten represents the number of the township. Twelve represents the color of the person. Three-five-two in the center represents the individual's number. This same mark is the individual's signature for life. It cannot be changed, although the person is allowed to have a metallic or rubber cut of his own design, provided he writes the individual number by hand, for anyone else doing this would be a forger. The township clerk is also the collector of the public funds. To him, each person born in that township is compelled to render an annual report of his residence, occupation, and certain other facts relating to his life in general. If any minor or adult commits a criminal act upon which the civil court has passed, this finding is recorded in the township record on the individual's page and, when the criminal has served his sentence, this fact is also recorded. This is a severe law for the criminal but it is a great stimulus to a law-abiding career. It is also customary for public courts to confer on worthy persons special marks of honor for extraordinary deeds or acts. A record of such rendering is also kept. In presenting annual reports to the clerk, each father reports for his minor children. This puts the father on a rightful plane of dignity before his children and the parent who makes a wise use of these provisions can, and does, reach far better results than can otherwise be done. No child can run away from home without falling into much more trouble than he imagined he had before, 
At once his seal number is sent to all the countries and into every subdivision. Any one aiding or abetting such a person is severely punished. When the runaway is captured, the system of reprimand is of such a nature that the minor will be glad to remain under the directions of his parents until his maturity. If it can be shown that a parent or guardian uses inhuman methods of punishing children, the act is criminal and is dealt with accordingly. There are no tramps parading periodically over the countries of Tortu. There is an international law that each township must care for its own paupers. Every man's forehead seal tells his birthplace, and there is no escaping from it. When a person is suspected of crime in a foreign land, the foreign officials can tell not only where the individual was born, but they can also obtain an official record of his life by applying officially to the clerk and paying a nominal fee. Any stranger making a serious effort to cover his forehead is looked upon with suspicion. It is a current phrase of honor among the Tortuites. I am not ashamed to show my forehead. A few hundred years after this human seal law went into operation, no one, except the criminally inclined, would think of returning to the old reckless way, although the system was scorned and ridiculed by many Tortuites for about fifty years after its advent. In considering the character of an individual, the courts and the people placed tremendous stress upon the township record. Each son and daughter early learns the value of a stainless page and strives to keep his record clean. The township, through the state, gives to each child at maturity a civil inheritance, provided his record meets the requirements of the law. All these customs and regulations are powerful incentives to the youth to lead a good moral life and naturally tend to a respectful demeanor of children toward their parents. This world is not only notable for its moral atmosphere, but for the remarkable progress its inhabitants have made in political economy. They know a few things about laws, but not enough to make them so complicated that no one can understand their meaning. In law, the poor man usually has the same chance as the rich. Money has no weight in the Tortu scale of justice. The facts in the case are the only things that have weight, although bribery is possible and is sometimes practiced. The laws of Tortu relating to deeds and titles are the most simple and yet the most effective that have yet come to my attention. All the land in each county of Tortu is divided into lots, and each lot is numbered on an immense diagram at the county seat. This diagram is a miniature relief outline of the county with each lot and plot in the county designated, and, according to our measurements, it averages almost 18 by 24 feet, varying according to the size of the county. When you buy land, you buy from the county only. If you wish to purchase a lot or plot from another party who is willing to sell, the two parties concerned go to the chief real estate agent, who is an official of the county, and has charge of the county diagram. The former owner or title holder, upon establishing his identity, releases to the county his claims and surrenders his title on condition that he receives the sum agreed upon between the two parties. The county agent then issues a new title to the new purchaser. It is a simple common-sense document completely describing the new owner, his relatives, and his station. 
Thus each purchaser has his own title from the county, and it is guaranteed. Under this admirably simple system disputes as to titles are rare and can scarcely occur. But if any should arise, the county takes the defense and bears all expense of litigation. No counterclaim is even heard after a title is five years old. Thus it is impossible to resurrect an old, buried claim and rob an innocent owner who purchased and paid for his ground in good faith. In transferring real estate no lawyers are required. Several persons, however, must witness the execution of the deed. The county publishes a journal, monthly, stating the owner of each lot or plot number in the county. This is furnished free to each land owner. All credit to Tortu for these common-sense regulations. Our laws covering this field are heathenish compared with the statutes of this far distant world. There no man loses his real estate by the awakening of a sleeping title, and if this could happen he would be fully reimbursed by the county. In our world some titles are as clear as mud. Often we pay a large sum to have the records examined, and even then a purchaser has no assurance of non-interference. Here it is even possible to buy a lot, build a home, and five or fifty years afterward have it sold by someone who proves a prior claim on the land. No such foolishness or child-play in the guise of legal dignity is countenanced in Tortu. The whole civil system of this sphere is superior to ours. A person who violates the law is not treated to free boarding and lodging in a well-heated and lighted building, as is quite prevalent in our world, but is compelled to enter profitable labor under strict surveillance. Any prisoner becoming rebellious and refusing to work is dealt with severely. If he is still insubordinate, he is placed on the revolving wheel of death until his stubborn will is broken or he falls fatigued into the jaws of steel. This convict labor does not compete with the regular ranks of honest toil. The main work of criminals is farming, and the products of these farms support not only the criminals but their families as well. What is produced beyond that is sold at market price, and the proceeds are applied to current expenses of the county. In our world the honest man must pay to support the dishonest, the law-abiding must care for the law-breaker. How much longer this will continue, no one has prophesied. The manner of choosing officials in Tortu is both new and surprising. All the officers, from the highest to lowest, are chosen by lot instead of by popular ballot or hereditary claim. They who are thus elected remain in office during competency and good behavior. 1. Their record must be stainless during the preceding ten years. 2. They must have been graduated from the law department of the public schools. 3. They must be at least thirty-one years old. For the highest officials the conditions are more rigid. The teachers in all public schools are selected in the same manner from among the number who apply, and who have been graduated in rank high enough for the school in question. At first this lot system seemed very foolish to me indeed, bordering upon absurdity. But the more I studied its simplicity and observed its results, the more I became impressed with its good sense and efficiency. There are no political parties fomenting discord in a country under a spoils system. 
no upheavals every few years and hilarious campaigns, and no idiotic caricatures of public officials to work unbridled mischief in the hearts of the most dangerous citizens. End of chapter 8